This Watch Out for Fireballs episode is brought to you by Tim Steele. Yes. Badass name and very generous. Because badass he, dude. Badass dude. Yes. He uh, donated to our Patreon campaign. Continues. Uh, uh, and the way that that works is you give us a couple dollars a month and you get cool stuff in return. And we are able to do awesome things like a couple special episodes that we have planned that require purchases and also, uh, you know, the live show that we're doing. Yeah. And if you if you back us up to the five thousand dollar level, if we get to that milestone goal, um, Tim, if he chooses to have a child, will name his child Maximum. <laughs> So he, he wrote us a nice letter saying, hey, I'm willing to put this up for you. Yeah. So yeah. If, if you want if you want to create a world that contains maximum steel, go to uh, patreon.com forward slash TV. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro gaming podcast. And this week we are reading your responses to the second half of Suikoden 2 and also kind of the game in general. Mm hmm. So beginning with some follow-up here, um, so, you know, we got some things wrong on the last episode, and also there's uh, new information that came to light. First off, uh, look at the post for the first episode of the show to watch uh, Allison's trailer. Allison Baker is mm -hmm. uh, an amazing fan who does great fan art, who made us a trailer that I believe was inspired by the, uh, the, the trailer for The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is instead uh, getting people hype for this, uh, for this uh, run of the show. And uh, holy crap, are we grateful for that? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, she she, she did amazing work, and she does amazing work. Yeah, um, you can find her stuff at uh, Lego Dark Souls at Tumblr .com. She does. Uh, she did the logo for the Infinity Engineer as my blog. Um, you know, she just does, that, and she she's done some other uh, bonfire side chat stuff that we've used, mm -hmm. and uh, we love working with her. And she's amazingly talented, for sure. So. Yeah. What's uh, what's Sam say? Uh, Sam says. Hey, Waff guys, a quick note regarding Shoe's coin and the sluice gate. I can see how you missed it, but what actually happened is uh, that Richmond, the detective, actually threw a copy of Shoe's coin into the water where Apple could see it, and thus forcing Shoe to stop being a dick and help your team, because Richmond is a badass. <laughs> I that was vaguely familiar to me, like, reading when I read this on Facebook, mm -hmm. but I just, like, when we were doing it in the show, like, it was just another detail that was kind of lost in my, yeah. my memory. But it brings a little bit more uh, um, dimensionality to Shu, which is like even though he knew he tricked, he's like, "Oh well, you got me." Yeah, I'm a man of my word, even if you know there was some some stuff happening. Yeah, and it brings some dimensionality to Richmond, and it takes some dimension. We thought Nanami was maybe lying to help her save face. <laughs> like it really changes that whole situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So sorry about that. Yeah. Thanks, Sam. Uh, Paul Mum says via Facebook, "Between Sid and Clive, I'm starting to think that Cole is just completely gender blind." Sorry about that. Well, the, the, uh, it's funny because I, I went back and looked at um, – because I went and recruited Clive mm -hmm. after this. And, like, there's there's like there's no no way that you should have thought that was a lady yeah. in, based on the, the sprite and name. <laughs> um, or no, Sid, rather. Sid? The, uh, the, the, the guy in the sewer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, who you, you called called a lady. I, I, thought, I thought Sid was short for Sydney. Also often a male <laughs> name. <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh, – but yeah, just it, it's a uh, you know, and and the uh, you know, far I don't know, the yeah, it's fine, <laughs> but yeah, yeah this is funny. Mm -hmm. Um, Vivian says via Facebook, um, you guys mixed up rune slots a little bit in your description, I think. 
the number, location, and the level at which a character gets rune slots has nothing to do with their gear, and is just done on a per-character basis. This leads to weird things like Sheena and Hayoi being two, or Hayo being two of the best warriors in the game because they can load up three different passive fighting man runes, while characters like Victor and uh, Pezmerga cannot. It's really one of the few flaws in the game besides the shoddy translation slash coding, and is negligible enough for most people playing normally to not. Uh, or who are not actually trying to break it. Um, you're sort of on the right track in that, in general, characters who are battle-oriented and thus wear heavy armor and shit only have one rune slot, uh, which they may even have a fixed rune in it, while characters who are supposed to be more versatile, like Flick and Sheena, or mages, have two to three. The inadvertent consequence is that the latter group also end up being better fighters if you have enough good fighting runes and the will to set them up for it. Yeah. Um, a lot of those good fighting runes are, like, drops. Um, <laughs> like, the, the few times I, like, would refer to game facts, there's a lot of, like... While you're in this area, make sure that you farm this thing until you get the, you know, triple beat rune and, and stuff like that. And I just didn't do it. Yeah. So, like, my mages tended to be mages. My warriors tend to be warriors. And the, the game was balanced enough for it. Um, <laughs> but I could see how you could, like, break it this way. Yeah. Farm this thing. No, fuck you. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I try not to farm. I, I know that I know that Vivian's not yeah, yeah. It's no, coming I, out in favor of farming. I know that. Um, but the... Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. talking more to the fact writer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I am not going to do that. Well, it was a real completionist style. Mm-hmm. kind of guide but yeah. yeah i don't i don't i don't do that babies mm-hmm. kids don't do that <laughs> we multiply yeah i don't i don't i don't farm for runes <laughs> oh I man multiply. who taught these kids to fuck um yeah. okay <laughs> uh <laughs> so take writes in via contact uh listening to your speaking to episode uh the game sounds really super fun uh like something i would have enjoyed in my early 20s anyway how about some japanese trivia Apparently, mm-hmm. Suikoden is the Japanese name for a Chinese novel called The Water Margin Chronicle. Um, it's one of the four great classical novels of China, apparently. The other three uh, being Journey to the West slash Monkey King, Romance of the Three Kingdom, and something called Dream of the Red Chamber. Oh, God, I kind of want Dream of the Red Chamber. <laughs> it's not going to be what you think it is, Cole. I know. It has nothing to do with Twin Peaks. Um, <laughs> oh, it's the black. That's the Black Lodge. It's not. The oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ricky Maru is a funny name since Ricky just means strong slash power, and Maru is just a, a generic name suffix. It'd be like having the name Strong Smith in English. <laughs> Luca Blight's name in Japanese is Luca Barai. Uh, Barai means dun 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 villainy. I see what you guys did there, translators. Uh, translators writers like you know, <laughs> character named luca villainy <laughs> jim bad guy yeah weird hello um yeah, was, hello. <laughs> <laughs> um he continues i was wondering why there are 108 characters since that seemed like a strange number apparently there's 108 stars of destinies because in buddhism they believe there are 108 feelings or personalities in japan specifically they ring the bell 108 times at new year's to represent the 108 temptations that man must overcome to reach nirvana finally cole says a few interesting things thank you a lot of japanese children <laughs> A lot of Japanese girl names end in ka, but they're a lot more likely to end in ko. Uh, uh, he also jokes that the currency should be zeni, which is just a Japanese word for coins. Yeah, that's because of uh, Kingdom Hearts. That was just you <laughs> outing yourself as a Kingdom Hearts No, fan. no, that's actually what uh, coins are called in both Mega Man Legends and also uh, Breath of Fire. And also 
Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, I just do you want to read my Kingdom Hearts and Homestuck crossover fic? Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> uh, it's like not in your life. Um, you, you didn't realize I was one of the worst people. Yeah, yeah. So somebody's gonna if like we need to set up a filter so Kingdom Hearts automatically gets filtered into abject suffering if anyone ever suggests it. <laughs> Hate those games. Um I yeah. I think that you may have won us more enemies with that than our entire thing. Saying yeah. sweet it <laughs> might not be good. They're bad games. Um yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. The the 108 thing, because um, again, Final Fantasy Tactics mm-hmm. connections, there's that item, that 108 beads, beads thing, yeah. Simultaneous yeah. bead, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bead buddies attack. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks, Take. Yeah, thank you. I always, always appreciate those. Japanese, yeah. yeah. Please. Um, Mike says, by contact. Even as a kid, Suikoden 2 always seemed like a game that stood out among its peers. When I played this game, I thought about it all the time. I remember going to an after-school SAT prep class, nerd, and ignoring, <laughs> um, and ignoring the vocabulary lessons in favor of mapping out my formations to fight Luca Blight. But what really stuck me or struck me was the story, particularly Jowie. There's so much more depth than I ever expected. The game has shallow characters, but uses them to accentuate depth elsewhere. Luca Blight is an obvious and simple villain who relishes in slaughter, whereas Jowie is a waifish plotter uh, who was always your friend. The battle with Luca Blight takes place in a night raid, multiple formations gathering to take the brute down. If you fight Jowie, it is a saddening duel. Whereas Raud betrays you easily, Jowie's betrayal feels like a slower and more reluctant change in his character. I didn't expect the game to offer so many side quests, unusual minigames, and interesting combat. It felt like a game that just kept giving me more and more to love. Although its successors never quite won the same spot in my heart, I don't mind a bit. I hope you guys enjoyed it, too. We did. We did. Yeah. <clears throat> That's something funny, because I think that I just, um, from, from an ignorant stance, said that the rest of the games in the series weren't that good. And some people, I think specifically on Something Awful, came out and said, no, no, you should really give 3 and 5 a try. 4 is horseshit. Like, I know nothing about the series, and I'm basing it entirely on reputa- reputation. I, I heard that reputation somewhere, too, though. Yeah. Like, that came from somewhere. It wasn't uh, so the uh, not that, you know, I mean, but you can't play everything like we you have to learn. You have to know about, you know, hey, I heard that this was bad. That's all you were saying. Like, <laughs> yep. Yeah. So but um, I had also heard that. Yeah. So I just want people to know that that opinion doesn't come from firsthand experience. So if I'm saying that, like, I appreciate everybody kind of elaborating on why three and five are worthwhile. Yeah. I mean, I'll find a let's play. Yeah. Like a like a, a breezy let's play, like a non long play let's play. Mm-hmm. That would be a good way for me to experience those games. For sure. Yeah. But mm-hmm. well, thank you. Um I, I appreciate uh, talking about how Jowie is different because that is one of the more interesting parts. Scott writes in via contact saying, This might seem silly and small scale, but one of the few features or sorry, but one of the features that has always stuck in my head uh, was the fact that the game could be played entirely with one hand. Confirm and cancel buttons were mapped to L1 and L2 on the uh, and menu was select, I think. For some reason, this combined with the streamlined random battles and generally great pacing uh, uh, and made the game seem more relaxing and enjoyable to play through. It's a small feature that could easily be in any RPG, but sadly is missing the most. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know. Yeah, I did. I did realize that I'm playing it on my PSP. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, just occasionally, like, I would just be, like, laying in bed, and it'd be more, more, like, more comfortable to, like, hold it up with one hand that I noticed, oh, it's much easier to just hold it in the middle of dialogue and just press the trigger to uh, to advance that. So yeah. it was nifty, and I and I pretty much always enjoy nods to accessibility in, uh, yeah. in games. 
So like this being a game that somebody could effectively play if they did not have access to one of their hands, access to one of their hands, God, if they didn't have the ability to use one of their hands. Like somebody else had custody of it? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you know, (laughs) okay, so it's every other weekend. My hand is over here. (laughs) I'm going to off for 48 hours. (laughs) Um, uh, Again, Shades of Earthbound. Earthbound you could play with just your left hand. Oh, yeah. Neat. Yeah, I, I think that probably should be in every JRPG. There's no reason for it not to. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mandy says, via contact, I first played Suikoden 2 as a little kid, and I have to admit its, admit, its story made me learn of life's sad realities earlier than I should have. Discrimination, war, politics, and Luca Blight were all difficult for, for me to wrap <laughs> my head around at the time, but really got me was that uh, the best friends had to start fighting. The drama that plays out between our hero and Jowie really struck me as a strong point of the story, and I hope that I'll never be put under circumstances that would pit me against someone dear to me. It's a theme that's not often tackled in video games, and I think it's one of the game's defining characteristics. Also, I'd like to point out a particular song from the Suikoden soundtrack that really stands out since you guys brought it up. Check out Necklord's boss music in Suikoden 2. If you can recall his castle's background music from the first game, which is a full song, not a loop, you'll notice that his boss music is just an arranged version of his castle theme. It's a really neat touch, and both songs are exceptional in contrast to the entire soundtrack. I agree. That's a pretty cool song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll throw that bad boy in the episode somewhere. Oh, no, definitely. I called it out. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I always like when uh, when music from elsewhere in a series is remixed and worked in. Yeah, I like that, too. Like yeah. motifs. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, uh, yeah let's uh, look here. Uh, this is a very long response, and I tried editing yeah. editing it down, but I couldn't. So can Let we me tag, know if team you want tag team it? Yeah, yeah, let's let's tag team it. So I'll just throw it off to you. Mm-hmm. Follow along. So Grefter, just a guy with a lightsaber, writes in via contact um, of the Connecticut, just a guy with the lightsabers. Mm-hmm. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it so funny? <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you have gotten a fair bit of feedback on some of the gaps in where you think that Suikoden 1 is referenced in 2 and where in places it's actually just references to past histories that aren't really told in detail to just make the world feel more fleshed out, like Victor and Annabelle and Muse. So instead, I wanted to throw out this interpretation of the events surrounding Apple and Shu uh, that I can't tell if it's just my brain filling in gaps in the shady translation having played games, having played the game uh, so much or if it's an actual intended characterization or not. Wow. Um, A whole lot of what is going on with Apple is that she isn't meeting the ridiculous standards that have been set out for her. In the Suikoden games, strategists are sort of put on pedestals as masterfully controlling the sway of battle and completely dominating the opposition. Apple has been training to be a strategist from a very young age uh, by a member of the most prestigious family of strategists uh, that uh, there is in the setting, the Silverbergs. She served under Matthew, and studied directly beneath him in the first game. Uh, Then it comes time to the second game, and she is finally tested, and she fails completely against overwhelming odds, of course. And by the end of the game, you find out that she was likely competing with Leon Silverberg's strategies. Uh, This just keeps happening over and over again. Uh, She sees herself uh, as failing the people who follow her command, and this breaks her down completely. So when she comes to Shu for help, she is completely broken down and wants to save these people. She goes to any length to make this happen, uh, and that stuns Shu completely. Uh, This isn't how strategists act in the setting. Uh, They are akin to rock stars here. Seeing one of uh, his former colleagues beg him uh, puts him completely aback. Gary, can you take this? 
The fact that he is a dick is also something of a running theme of strategist in the series. I always got the impression that plenty of the reasons that Shu acts the way he does before he is recruited is because A, he wants to be out of this awkward social situation, and B, because he honestly doesn't think the city-state stands a chance against the Highland Army, which may be partly why he doesn't understand Apple's reaction. It was losing, uh, it was losing a war. You should have been able to see this. Why aren't you doing this? Now, the part that really gets into uh, fan canon stuff in my mind, and probably due to not having played for a while, but I am not honestly convinced Shu didn't actually swap the coins he throws for a pebble like Nami uh, suggests. Having checked a YouTube clip to make sure my memory was working, after Shu is recruited, he has a line of, but this coin, and then the camera pans up to Richmond on the bridge, it always seemed to imply to me that Richmond either stole the coin or placed it there or planted a duplicate. The turning point for Shu changing his mind, being the seeing uh, the bright shield rune, is part of how much of a game changer the true runes are in the setting, that even possessing just half of one can alter the path of war. So with Apple, it always read to me uh, not as a disturbing display of submissiveness, but a good person breaking down and being brutally practical with herself. She'll go to any lengths to help people. Uh, she sees herself as having failed, even in the face of a no-win scenario. When it comes around to the third game, she seems much less down on herself, and still acts as a strategist. She is mentoring a young member of the Silberberg family and is presented somewhat as the person that manages the day-to-day -day logistics of running the army rather than the flashy, glorious strategies and does it completely competently. There is even a sequence where she is relied upon to provide defensive strategies and shown to be quite good when she is pitted against more normal opposition instead of people who are essentially displayed as being like Ozymandias from The Watchmen. Yeah. I like her arc a lot just because she starts out as your strategist and fails, like you point out. Um, and even later when she's given an opportunity, you know, Shu knew that, you know, she was walking into what was essentially a coin flip. Right. Yeah. Right, right. So to see that, like, this is this is a series wide arc of her kind of like coming into herself and being, you know, more competent and just kind of growing in her skills and finding her niche. That is pretty satisfying. Yeah, pretty neat. Yeah. And it's, it's nice to get that background to you on, on kind of the world. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. And then finally, Wesley writes in via contact. Um, should I censor his name? Because, well, I'll let you decide. Oh, sweet it in two. How did I get this game in college, you might ask? I went to a party and a guy was showing me his PS1 games. It was just sitting right there and both of us were already a bit hammered. I said, I'll give you five bucks for it, knowing full well it was worth eh, $300 later on eBay. And I still feel a little dirty, a little dirty, but only a little. Yeah, you shouldn't like. No one's gonna hunt him down <laughs> yeah. based on that. It'd be amazing if they did. Like that'd be some <laughs> serious fucking. Like we get subpoenaed. Um, <laughs> Have to make her appearance in court. Yeah, I, I've done. You know, you do, you do terrible shit in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Torched a bum. <laughs> <laughs> Just to feel alive. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You're only human. Yeah. Yeah. so i mean you know terrible thing I, I, it's not that it's not that <laughs> terrible yeah i remember when i was in and this was younger than this when i was like in eighth grade um i used to collect or maybe it was younger in eighth grade even um it had to have been like maybe like sixth grade i used to collect these x-men like card trading cards uh -huh. and uh, i invited this kid over to my house to trade uh with them with me and he did not know the value of the cards and i took advantage of that and then also when he went to the bathroom i would steal cards <laughs> to try to complete the set uh. so that was me in sixth grade. Huh. I did that shitty thing. Me and Wesley, we're going to start a gang. <laughs> <laughs> the 
and oh. knowing the value of dorky shit gang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because when you talk about being in the game or out the game, it's actually a game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mister. That's a pretty nice box copy of Earthbound you got there. <laughs> Perhaps I could watch it for you. <laughs> I was thinking more of the wire, but you're going straight up the warriors. <laughs> no, this is this is like guys and dolls. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's a uh, huh. Man's got to have a cheat code. Yeah, yeah, man's got to have a cheat code. It's the difference between you with your game genie and me with my <laughs> with your up up down down. Yeah. Um, oh. yeah. So yeah, thanks everybody. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks for that. And yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully everybody was into that those episodes. Yeah, um, and uh, we didn't say it in the main episode, but thank you everybody who voted. Um, you know, like we say it with all these polls, but um, every game that we put forward is one that we're you know genuinely interested in playing. If yours didn't win, it's probably going to pop up later sometime in this crazy cycle of a show that we do. So um, yeah. don't lose hope. But uh, thank you everybody who, uh, who who voted. And if you didn't vote, hopefully you were exposed to something uh, new that you wouldn't have otherwise uh, been exposed to. Yeah. Yes, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what are and there's still plenty of time to uh, chime in and comment on our next game we're doing, our next two games, yeah. uh, Contra and Little Nemo for the NES. If you go to duckfeed.tv forward slash contact, it's probably the best way to do that. You can also go to our Facebook group, uh, facebook.com forward slash watch out for fireballs and do so. Yeah. And uh, just in general, leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or listen to the other stuff we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, stay tuned for some deleted scenes. This is a this is a record. I, th- I believe it's a record. Fifty eight markers. <laughs> that's a lot. Sorry, yeah. bud. No, that's fine. It's, it's cool. It's 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 easier when they're just here. Like if I was just writing these down, like to send over to you, it'd be like, yeah. oh fuck this. Yeah. But uh, but no no, it's just I really I just scroll through and do the edit. So it's cool. Don't worry. No. Hello. Hello. What's up? Not much. Cool. I'm sad. Aw. Yeah. Smear pup. I don't want Zoe Quinn and Anita Sar- Sarkeesian <laughs> to take away my to take away my label. A tough shit. It's a false flag, Gary. Yeah. It's not it's fair. Tough. Well, you're gonna cheer up when you see what I got you for Gamers Gate this year. Oh. oh. It's a game. <laughs> oh, sweet. <laughs> Gamers no. Gate. Um, the best thing to come out of Gamers Gate. Other than the fact that most, like, I just looked at the Twitter hashtag and it's like all people making fun of it, but somebody was making fun of it and they were like, I can't remember who it was on Twitter and I'm, I'm not a mature person. So that is why I think this is funny. And it is, he says, I'm not a gamer anymore. I stopped being a gamer the day that Echo the Dolphin came to me in a dream and tried to get me to fuck his blowhole. <laughs> I that that just got me in a good spot. And tickled me real good for no good reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it is the it is the sacrificial dream right that all of us must go through. Yeah, yeah, you had to fuck Uncle the Dolphin in his blow hole. Well, I mean any any of the rejected mascots from that era era the yeah. acrobat comes. Yeah, you get a Fuck Arrow the Acrobat and his like bat cloaca. Yeah, yeah, and his in in his uh uh butt vagina, yeah. Yeah, his his echolocator. <laughs> the um, <laughs> so it wasn't for either of us. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it's dumb.
Okay, it's there. Cool. Uh, reload it. Let me scroll down. We can get started. Okay. Got a good rhythm going on those clicks. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, some, some kind of nightmare bird. <laughs> What's up? What is that? I don't know. Is that on your side? This is an amazing bird outside my window. <laughs> we go close my window. Usually I can keep it open just to have like a little bit of a breeze. Podcast bird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, let me, give me a second. Okay. I had the headphones on. I was like, is this some kind of alarm I didn't know was in my apartment? <laughs> like, oh, there's like a CO2 alarm I didn't know was there. That's the sound it makes. A CO2 alarm? Oh, no. Yeah. No I'm wonder fucked. you didn't sleep. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm just dreaming this. Okay, give me one second. Okay. <laughs> go shut this idiot up. <laughs> think think about it for a cat that must be like hearing the ice cream truck yeah he was way into it it was really cute like i opened up the blinds and he's not always in the window but he's because i have a fan in there and i had the fan off he's in there he just looked back and like you you hearing this shit (laughs) (laughs) he's like i'm sorry buddy (laughs) you know this is the most fun you've had in a week what the what the fuck is this yeah, just, and there's there's two of them, and they're you can see them. They're like just like in a, a tree, like really close to my window, just yelling at each other. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Dopes. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. when um uh uh, uh, uh oh, fuck no <laughs> no um oh wait, here we go. Okay. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you know what my button is now. What did you say? You know what my button is now. Oh, okay. It's not like you said. I, you know what my button is now. <laughs> and I was like, what, what, what are those words mean together? What the fuck? Is- yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's head into shit town. <laughs> <laughs>